All right. So welcome back to the Baila Room podcast. I'm here with Luciano Ucci. Uh, Luciano Ucci is the head of one of the biggest jiu-jitsu school here in our province, Quebec. And he's actually my coach. So I would, uh, I've been dying to have him on a podcast and we talk about, uh, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. All right. Cool. Um, uh, before I introduce you or you, we, we talk about your experiences, um, I want to set the stage because it's, it's mostly dancers that I invited before. And now, <laughs> and now you're, you're kind of a dancer. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, a couple of Susie Q's. Yeah. But, uh, but um, I want to, uh, uh, for you to explain uh, jiu-jitsu to somebody that has no idea what jiu-jitsu is, like Monsieur, Madame, Tout-le-Monde. Okay. And because for an untrained eye, if they go into a jiu-jitsu school, they're basically going to see a bunch of guys in pajamas uh, rolling and uh, in missionary positions. <laughs> so it, it must look always strange for somebody that doesn't know what's happening. So how would you describe jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Wow. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I guess, uh, for somebody that really doesn't know what it looks like. Um, um, if anybody's familiar, let's say with judo, right? I guess pretty much everybody's familiar with judo because yep. it's, it's in the Olympics. Um, once the takedown is done, so once you project your partner on the floor, um, the main goal is to um, submit your partner. So uh, bring your partner to submit to you with a shoulder lock a submission hole, so shoulder lock, leg locks, uh, arm bars, choke holds, whatnot. So that's the main um, the main goal of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is to submit your partner once you hit the ground. So not necessarily to get back up, control your partner on the floor. And um, yeah, it's to understand as well that once you're on your back, you're not necessarily in a bad position. And there's a various uh, amount of submissions you can do. And um, once you're on your back, your main goal is to submit your partner or try to get back on top. And once you're on top, it's the same thing as well. Control your partner. So once you hit the floor, yeah, I'd say it's the martial arts where you learn how to control somebody and, on the and ground. And it's fair to say that most fights end up on the floor. Well, if you're talking about, let's say, um, I, get, I get asked that question often. Yeah? What's the most effective martial arts? What do you want me to answer you? I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So, of course, I'm going to say, yeah, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, have I trained other martial arts? Of course. Um, but the everyday, uh, I'd say, confrontation, if there is any of them, um, I'd say it's going to end up on the floor. Nobody really that really knows how to fight is going to go in the shoot. Hey, come on, put your hands up. Jab, jab, punch, uh, bottom weave, uh, left hook. Uh, it's not common, you know. Uh, I mean, I worked in nightclubs where you see that happen all the time, fights in it. Two guys that push each other around, try to throw a big Hail Mary punch, fall on the floor. And what do you do once you're on the floor? All right. So, yeah, jujitsu is going to give you those instincts, um, how to manage yourself once you hit the floor and how to get back up and control position. Yeah? Awesome. Um, I want to uh, roll back the time a bit <laughs> and uh, uh, share with you how I got into salsa because okay. I've been doing it for 20 years and I know you've been jiu-jitsuing yeah. is it a verb uh, i don't know uh, <laughs> i guess you know for for what about 15 years if not more yeah yeah 15 now uh, yeah about 15 okay. years so we've been doing our own respective let's call it style or art uh for quite a while and uh i would like to know how you got into that or what what is the the first uh, impression of of jiu-jitsu i can just tell you like for me i was forced in you know i, I didn't want to dance at all i was brought by force by a friend 
into a salsa club, and I, I resisted while walking there. I was like, no, I don't want to go. What is this? What is dancing? What was, I, didn't, I don't want to dance. I was more of a musician and mm. more playing, you know, hard metal. Hard, hard metal. Yeah, 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 you yeah. told me that. And um, I was not in that vibe at all. So when I came in that club and I saw all the dancers dancing with my friend, for two hours I was sitting down. It actually bothered me. It got me fired up. Like, I, I, I saw it, and I told myself, I'm going to be better than anybody here in that club. I remember the moment I told myself, and, and I went to take classes right away. Like, the week after, phoned my friend. I said, listen, I heard you're taking classes there, there, there. Where is it? And I signed up, and I approached it a little bit like I was training martial arts. Like, I, I was doing it regularly. I, I, I had friends. I brought them home, and we practiced. Just and by seeing it? No, 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 with classes. Yeah, no, but just by seeing it, you had that, after that first I was visit, triggered. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was triggered. But in, 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 some people like are inspired or stuff like that. The I, moves, get, they were I, get, I get, I don't know, I got frustrated. And at the same time, like somebody pushed me to, to do it. I, I don't know, it's like, it's like I found something, like something talked to me mm. while, while I was looking at the, uh, the site of people dancing. And I was saying, that this is it. I, I'm going to do this, but I'm not just going to do this like just on the side i'm gonna be really good and i started to train and and you know 20 years down the road i'm still dancing and i wanted to know your first kind of into brazilian jiu-jitsu what was the spark the moment uh, well i i remember the first ever class i ever did it was um, <clears throat> a friend of mine sebastian um and we were like he was in his mid-20s. I was like 20 years old. I came back home one night. Uh, he called me up. Um, <coughs> come over. You know, we're going to train. And uh, we used to go to the gym. And I thought we were going to train like weights. I see him with his blue gi on. A blue gi and a white belt. And he, he's laughing away. And uh, Not just mentioning a gi is a kimono. Yeah, kimono. Yes, uh, yeah a gi is a kimono. A so kimono. it's the uniform you wear, yeah. right? And um, I said, what the hell is that, man? You know? Uh, he goes, ah, I'm starting to do jujitsu. You know? I said, jujitsu? Yeah, yeah, jujitsu. Uh, you have to try it, you know, choke holes, this, that, you know? I was like, you know, the ultimate fighting? Back then, we used to watch UFC, but it was like UFC, whatever, I think, UFC fit 20 or whatever, UFC 10 or whatnot. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. No, no, come, come, you know? Uh, Remember George uh, from karate? I was like, George, yeah, yeah, George, yeah, I remember George. Yeah, George is teaching now there. He's purple belt. It's a local school. So, yeah, so I went to do a class with him. First class, I learned this crazy armbar. I was like, okay, it's cool. You know, we get to fight each other and wrestle on the ground, you know. After a month, a month and a half, two months went by, I sucked at it. Like, I, I liked it. But I sucked at it. Like I, I, I couldn't understand how, how to position myself on my back and do the pivots. You know what I mean from the guard there. So um, what really did it for me is um, once George brought us to where he was training downtown. And he's like, "Come, come! I train with this Brazilian guy and his wife. They're crazy. They do these crazy things, man. They're awesome." Uh, I said, "Okay, let's go try." And that day. I know it's funny because I was just recently on, on another po uh, podcast and I still have those shivers talking about it. 
I remember like it was yesterday. <coughs> um, it was downtown on St. Catherine Street, corner of Stanley, uh, at a gym called Gamma. And uh, yeah, you had to take the elevator to go to the second floor because you didn't want to take the stairs. They were nasty, man. <laughs> it really stunk. But anyways, once you got into the elevator, it stunk just as much. And um, yeah, as you were getting close to the second floor, you start feeling the heat wave, the humidity, you know. And when that door opened, you're running right to the gym. That smell was so bad. <laughs> I tell you about the smell because that's what really did it for me almost. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so, well, so, not only that there, but it's part of it. Yeah, the experience. Yeah. So yeah. you were turned on by bad smells. Yeah, Is well, that what all, you're saying? All, uh, kind of. Okay, okay. You, it was it's grindy. It's like yeah. you're, you're like in a, you know, like Rocky a where, three. warehouse. That's it. When, uh, Training Paul, in, in the woods. No, not in the woods. Rocky, no. Don't challenge me on Rocky. Know, you can't on, do that. Come on, come on. So Rocky three, when uh, uh, Paulo brings back, uh, brings uh, Rocky uh, to where he was training. And uh, when uh, and when they walk into that to that gym, and they all stop uh, punching the bag, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, you see, got to go back to where it all started, get back the eye of the tiger, man." Mm-hmm. And everybody in that place, it looked like ghetto and hardcore, you know. So and whatever, walk in and uh, yeah, I just look over on the mats and I I see my coach, well, my coach, um, he was doing on um, barmo plata triangle, these submission holds on the floor and. I thought it was just so cool. After like a week or two, I, um, I started training with his wife. He put me to training with his wife to spar. And whatever, like back then, I used to be like 180, 182 ripped. So I used to, I, I used to go to the gym. And for me, fitness and the lo- looking good, that's what mattered. And uh, yeah, she was like 110. Beat the shit out of me. <laughs> Completely beat the shit out of me. And I was like, and I wasn't trying to muscle my way out. I just figured, like, this can't be. Like, anybody that just starts, this can't be. Like, I mean, she's 110. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to be nice. But then I just tried to be a, to go a bit harder. And she would just, like, crucifix me. And, man, I said, wow, this is awesome. If she can do that with me and I'm 180 pounds. And I actually tried for real. I want to learn this shit, you know. And I want to be able to be good at it, too, you know. So, yeah, that's that's what really did it for me. Nice. Um, I, I'm curious of uh, how would others describe you? <laughs> hey, just that this is the introduction. This, this is would... hard to take this seriously because we know each other. Yeah, yeah I know, I know, I know. So that's <laughs> we've been we've been at it for what five years now, yeah, almost yeah, five years. Yeah. So, so yes, I'm, I'm curious how how do you think or others would describe you? I know how I I would describe you, but what do you think others would say? How do they perceive uh, you? Some some might think I'm an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, some, some. Um, why, why an asshole? I don't see you as an asshole. <laughs> no, because we're close, right? But yeah. um, some people might see me as, uh, you know, hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, some might see me. Uh, people that really know me get to. I think I'm hoping they see how generous I am. I mean, not material wise, but just with time and, you know, um, I think uh, I don't know. I'm hoping as a nice guy, but I, I do, I do, I do know when I'm, I could be, uh, I you know, be harsh. Di- you know who described you really well with just one short sentence? <laughs> somebody really close who, to who? you. Tell me, tell you know, me. somebody really, really close to yeah. you. 
Tell me, tell me what he said, and I might know who it is. Well, she said, uh, you're a lion in a cage. I remember that sentence. A lion, that's my wife. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's very, yeah. it, it has that kind of image that I, can, that I see in you when, yeah? when I see you. Yeah. In, in, in a positive way. I don't see it as a negative way. So don't free me out. No, right? no that's what I'm <laughs> don't thinking. Don't open that cage. That, that's what I'm thinking. Don't open that cage. All right. So do you have any uh, siblings? You have brothers, sisters? Yep. I have a sister. A sister? How, yeah. how Older or younger? Uh, older. Older, yeah. Yeah. And you have one child, right? I do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, son oh. is three in a bit. So it's three in three months. Yeah. I want to know, feeling-wise, business-wise... Before your attitude towards your business in mm -hmm. your school, then you have a child. What happened after? What did anything change, or you have the same kind of outlook? Um, actually, it did um, for a few things. Um, you know, we don't have a, when you don't have kids. People constantly remind you, you don't understand. You don't have kids. <laughs> I'm like, I know, I don't know. No, you don't know, and only when you get kids, you understand. So, um, before I had my son, I just, um, for my business, yeah, I always had long-term plans, but those long-term plans are always further. I just deal with it day by day, um, whatever issues I have to deal with and, um, the objective, objective that I had for the month or whatnot, um, and just go with the flow, you know, um, those long-term plans would come when it was the time for it. Now that I have my son, um, I emphasize a lot. Uh, personally, I put a lot, a lot of pressure on myself. Uh, okay, what's next? You know, um, especially in my business, it's like a wave, you know. You're surfing a wave. When things start going good, you can't just surf that wave and hope for that wave to last forever. Um, I'm constantly trying to build a new wave. Why? Because I'm thinking... 15, 20, 25 years down the line. Um, thinking about, hey, listen, now I have a family to support. Before, I was doing uh, jiu-jitsu. I started doing jiu-jitsu for a living. Um, I always say the same thing. It's so easy just to live off of jiu-jitsu. You start a jiu-jitsu school, and that's it. You, you end up doing that for a living. But then you have to feed yourself. It's easy to say, hey, okay, that's the only thing I'm doing. You have to feed yourself <clears> after. <throat> and when that comes... Then you ask yourself, what's next, you know? Uh, is, are you driven by money, you know? And if you do jiu-jitsu for a living, you're not driven by money. You're driven by passion, you know? But now I have a family. I'm able to feed my family, yes. But I want to be able to feed them for a long time. So my vision changed as um, I'm trying to do things that are good for the team first. First, the team comes first. Um, business. And then I'm trying to do, take decisions that I won't affect my family as well, you know, that are going to be good for me business-wise down the line. And uh, things did change uh, time-wise where sometimes um, if I had to stay, if I had to come in on a Saturday, that usually Saturday mornings I'm not there. You know, there's, there's Wednesday nights I'm not there and Saturday mornings. Well, now, uh, before it would be... Not even a question asked. Boom, that's it. Okay, no big deal. I'm there. It's a tournament. I'm there no matter what, wherever it is. Um, we have to leave two, three days. I'm leaving two, three days with the guys to compete. Um, I have to replace somebody. No big deal. I'm there. You know, it's my place. Uh, I want to be there. 
what changed also right now is I want to be there. I want to be at, at all the tournaments with the students. I have a family now. I mean, I gotta I gotta balance my time with my son. Mm-hmm. You know, when when my son says "Ejmanui," I miss you, and he's three years old. You're like, yeah. Maybe like we saw each other this morning for twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not enough. So that change where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to free myself and hey, guys I can't be there you know that's hard to tell your students hey I can't be there you know because you're hoping that they understand but they have families too so you're hoping they understand but that's third time that they want to spend and have fun and you're not there yeah. so that's that's what's I find it hard right now that's what changed but whatever it's called balance yeah you know? and when, when people are like our line of work when people have that time to have mm-hmm. fun we actually are the ones uh, working so for example if People t- do activities in the evening. Well, it's us. Yeah. So we don't get to do activities or group lessons in the evening no, and stuff like that. It, we, yeah. we are that service provider. Mm. And sometimes stuff happens over the weekend. We have to be there, right? So it, wh- whenever people have that weekend off, we are on. It's a choice, right? We made. Of course. It's but it, I, I made the same kind of decisions when I got my second child. I literally stopped training people for choreographies. Mm. I just stopped. I, I, and... Uh, my first child, I stopped doing privates. And my second child, I just stopped all, all my teams. It happened very organically. I didn't have to put an axe into it. Mm. But everybody finished their project. All the projects are done. Perfect. And then I just concentrate on my core students, which are beginners and, and all the levels. And yeah, it's a, it's a choice. Because yeah, I, I, I want to travel. I want to do congresses. And I want to I wanna trip. And that was a very good feeling that I remember that I had. Or create routines. Like yeah. create that. That was a kick, you know? That I don't get to experience, but I get to experience other things that I have more control of, like for example, this podcast where I can do it, you know, in a studio, uh, you know, and meeting you. So this during daytime, it's not evening time or Saturday, exactly, Sunday, right? Exactly. So yeah, you, everything switches around. Mm. Um, before you went into jujitsu, you had uh, plenty other other lives. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get into a couple of those. I don't know. I don't know if you want to get into those. I, I want to. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, but why it's, not? It's, it's <laughs> probably some good stories there. Uh, so in, in two aspects. The first one, I know you were a bouncer in a club. So number one. Yeah. And I know you were a restaurant owner. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I want to get in that experience of being a bouncer because I just fantasize about it. So okay. I, I, just, mm-hmm. I just have fantasies of being a bouncer. Or I, I couldn't pull off that job for, for nothing. How was, how was it like? Well, I mean... You work at nights, right? Yeah, you work at nights. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, <coughs> when I was 20, yeah, I started uh, this club called La Boom. I mean, I was a bouncer at one place. That's it. Because two of my friends were working there already, so it was really easy to get in. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you're pumping weights. You're young, Italian, you know, wearing tight shirts. You're thinking, okay, uh, now I need a weekend job. Uh, this week, uh, the, the the job I had during the week wasn't enough, and uh, you like going out, so you figured, uh, yeah, you know, we'll work in a club, right? It was cool. I met, you know, what? I met good people. I met good people and um, uh, people I look up to today too. Um, but definitely, it was uh, it was a rock and roll. <laughs> Did you get what into What is it you want to know no, exactly? No, no, no. Did you get into fights? <laughs> fights. That's what you wanted to know. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, that, uh, I, when I started jujitsu, I was 20, <coughs> right? So 
I actually started jujitsu the minute I was bouncing, mm-hmm. uh, the minute I was working as a bouncer. And um, the first altercation that came, that happened actually, I had butterflies. That's before I started jujitsu. I had crazy butterflies, like, man, and you're flexing and you're thinking, like, you know, okay, I'm muscular, I'm gonna show him. Uh, but that was insin- insecurity. I was so insecure. I, can I say this on this podcast? Yeah. I was shitting myself, right? Yeah. Okay. And um, I said, you know what? I remember, and nothing happened. Somebody came in and took care of it, right? But uh, then I realized, I, you know, I'm, I might, I might have to get back into martial arts because I was, I was into martial arts as a kid. And it's funny that then my buddy told me, you know, hey, let's start uh, jujitsu, whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I remember getting to a few, a uh, few scraps, even a year and a half later when I was already blue belt. After, is there a risk? Like, is there like Man. a risk of being a bouncer? Because you, you, you yeah. deal with some shady crowds. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. Especially over there. Yeah. Oh yeah. But then, I mean, like, when you have to frisk people, you know, it starts. It starts there. You start frisking people, you know. What do you do if you find a gun in the guy? <laughs> You're frisking the guy. I was at the frisk. Yeah. Okay. So I used to. Uh, can I say that at the frisk? I was at the at the search. At the frisking. At the frisking. <laughs> at the search. So uh, I was searching people, you know. And uh, what do you do? It happened once. I just put my hand on the gun. <laughs> like, dude, I, I shot myself. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> I'm dying tonight. of shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Shot. Yeah, shot. Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's it's PG thirteen and up. This yeah, podcast. All right, cool. And so, what do you do? What do you do? And then please, uh, please, please remove this weapon. Oh, yeah. What do you do? You can't come in. See, the guys, they pull out that gun and shoot you, you know? So, um, yeah, uh, the other guy that was with me knew everybody. You know, who was who, this and that. And no guns would come into that club. I don't care whose friends you were. If you were <coughs> friends with the owners, no guns would come in into that club. And that's what I respected about that place a lot. And uh, the other one came in, talked to him, you know, la, 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 la. So they went back down together and that, that was it, you know? But I said, my God, you know, uh, imagine he would have taken out that gun, you know. And there was just <laughs> one of the craziest stories. Uh, and I, there's two crazy stories, but one of them was um, I had a buddy there. It was really, he, he took care of me there, like a little brother. It was this Cuban guy. Everybody in Montreal knew, knew this guy. They would come in, hey, Yorkie, what's up? Obviously Latino, you know, um, short stocky in his mid 40s scars all over his face earring on, uh, on one side you know and uh when there used to be a scrap used to tell me uh, luciano luciano llamame llamame man llamame luciano no 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 tranquilo tranquilo llamame okay call me bro okay and he spoke italian too you know broken italian and so every time there was something that a scrap would come like i'd see something coming the first reaction you need to call back up you never take care of things alone you know so uh, I remember this time there was a massive brawl started right in front of me. I'm the first one there. You don't jump into a crowd to be a hero. You understand? So I had to call, uh, call backup. Yorkie, Yorkie, uh, white room, white room. <laughs> he comes there. His, his tire half undone. There, he's talking to some chicks. I don't know what. Puts his glass on the, on the bar. <laughs> Break down the fight. This and that. Kick everybody out. But that was that day that I realized it wasn't for me. Because we're outside. This is in the middle of winter. And now, big scrap. Bunch of guys outside. Um, 
York is outside taking care of this on his own. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're threatening him, threatening him, you know. And the other one's telling the other one, go, go, go get something in the car. I'm outside just behind Yorkie, <laughs> trying to see what was going on. And uh, he's, he's trying to calm everything down, telling everybody to go back inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's outside, no jacket on. And uh, lights, lights himself up a smoke, taking it easy, you know. And uh, the guys, they come back with a machete. Like, a machete. Like, you've seen that movie, The Machete Guy there? <laughs> yeah. You know, the guy there with the long hair and uh, the f- uh, plays in all those Mexican movies? No. No? <laughs> no. no what's his act- the actor's name? They're the long hair, the, the, the stash. The only guy I know that has a machete is Mike Myers. <laughs> <laughs> the movie, The Machete, anyway. The, the Machete, yeah? The Machete. Is that an Italian movie? No, no. The Machete. A, no, no, no. no? Okay. The Machete. I can't believe you don't know that movie. And you're good on movies. You're good on movies. I don't know. Anyways, anyway, so that guy comes out with a machete. And I was freaking out. I said, okay, this is going down there. Well, uh, somebody's going to die. You know, it might be me. Just throw that machete here. But I got to stay there. I got to, you know, I, I got to back up my boy here, Yorkie. Yorkie pushes everybody away, throws his cigarette on the ground, lies down on his back. Go fuck it. Does you see this guy? What, what's going on? He throws himself on his back. And he's doing the angel. Like this in the snow. Like this. And he's like, come on. Come on. And he's like this. Come on. Takes off his microphone. This and that. The head bouncer outside. He's like, hey, get back. What are you doing? Come on. Then get back up. And he goes, no, no, no. We're working. And he says, I don't work here no more. The microphone out. This, that. Come on, guys. Come on. One by one. Come on. Come on. On his back on the floor. I kid you not. Those guys with the machetes were freaking out. This guy's crazy. This guy's crazy. They, they left. They just left. Point being is, when I saw that, to what level? I'm not saying you have to be like Yorkie to be a bouncer. I, I imagine myself being alone taking care of this problem. He literally almost took care of this problem on his own. <coughs> At that day there, I realized, man, you have to be some kind, like, you have to be ready like to fucking get stabbed or something. Mm. You might, shit might get real for real. Mm-hmm. It's not about just hanging out, talking yeah, to yeah, chicks yeah. and you know, being in a nightclub, having mm-hmm. a drink and you're a bouncer. It's cool. Things might, get down, things might go down for real. Are you ready for that? Mm. Yeah, I didn't last long after that. You know, a couple more months and some other crazy shit happened. I was like, That's it. Oubli ça, mon chum. That's it. Yeah. And I want to know, for, for then uh, I guess you, you went into the restaurant business? Yeah, yeah. And I want to know mostly where... Uh, what, from your restaurant experience, transferred into your jujitsu business? Yeah. What are the things you learned in the restaurant business or attitudes that you have that you think you just poured it into a jujitsu that other jujitsu schools don't have? Well, I don't know if they don't have that. Other schools don't have that. But I definitely say um, customer service. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you own a martial arts school, eh? Customer service. You're only dance school. Mm-hmm. It's customer service. Yeah. People pay for a service and you have to deliver it. I can just attest that there's no eerie <laughs> smells in your uh, gym. There's no what? Eerie smells. <laughs> it smells very <laughs> yeah, good at your gym. I can attest yeah, to that. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, so customer that. service. Yeah. Are yeah. there are, are there things that that uh that you think that uh you transferred know, or it they did and sometimes it penalizes me. Like what? <clears throat> at the restaurant, we used to, I, I used to have a, a very specific clientele, mm-hmm. you know. Um, my restaurant used to be in St. Dorothy. And between 
higher class in Dorothy and Laval sur lac Why I mention that is because, yeah, there's no secret. People that live around there are wealthy mm-hmm. and um, they like to eat at good places. They don't mind spending money, but they also like to be taken care of and to be pampered and stuff. Basically, that's that's really what it really is. They want to be pampered. They want to feel, hey, I am important, you know? <coughs> and that's what I used to do. I used to make them feel they were the king of kings. I used to, to, to entertain them. Like, you go to a restaurant for one reason, to eat. Eh, fini. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's why you go to a restaurant. And if you like the ambiance, have a good time, whatnot, but with the company you're with. People don't usually go, I say usually go to a restaurant because of the employees are going to entertain you. I used to be that guy. I used to go to tables and start entertaining people and uh, whatnot, you know. So um, definitely I'd say I'd, I started doing the same thing at, at the gym, at my dojo. Um, I do it with you in the morning, right? While we have our coffees. Try to entertain, but it's natural. It's, mm-hmm. I do it naturally. Um, I do it with other people, you know. Um, while we're doing jiu-jitsu, we're not always talking only about jiu-jitsu. So we entertain each other and I try to take care of them, make them feel like they're, they're at home, you know. Mm-hmm. So people used to come in at the restaurant. They used to feel like they owned the place. I had customers walking in and everybody knew each other from around there. They used to go play golf at the Hillsmere and uh, St. Dorothy. Mm-hmm. And uh, used to walk in and one, one of them <laughs> used to walk in and, uh, and I don't mind saying his name. Everybody knows him. Jibai Russo from the Russo hockey, uh, hockey stores. Used to shake everybody's hand. Hey, walk on. Everything's okay. Everything's okay over here. It was my place, but he used to take care of it. Why? Why would he, why would he do that in my restaurant? Because he liked us. He felt at home. So, I guess I try to make everybody feel the same way at the dojo. Yeah. And I, I don't know if other people do it that way, but and my another thing is my restaurant was speaking span. Like like I worked in restaurants my entire life. Mm-hmm. And the way we opened the restaurant was everything we didn't like in the restaurants that we worked at, we wouldn't do it. So um for examples, I used to hate going like the restaurants I worked at had small tables for four people. Usually they're 32 or 34 inches. I told my partner at the time, we need 36. Is two inches going to do the difference? Yes. Understand? There's more room, more place, you know? Chairs are so uncomfortable in restaurants. We bought, we didn't even buy commercial chairs. We bought residential chairs. So soft and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Understand? Um, so, yeah. Uh, I worked at places where some of them were super clean and some were like dirty. You know, when you're an employee, you see the behind the scene things. Yeah. My restaurant was speaking span. The floor, the front, everything. So I do the same thing at the, the dojo. You know, the dojo is and span. Yeah. You know, I take care of it every day. And um, yeah, you can eat a salad off the mats. You can, eh? I think so. I tell people that all the time. I think so. You could. A yeah. few hairs here and there, but eh. you know. Eh. It happens. <laughs> So yeah, I take, I take care of the gym the same way. But, I but take care you, of the you know, the, the funniest thing is is when when uh, just to talk about the hair, at my studio, <laughs> the the majority of the cleaning, there's so much hair. The people don't know this. There's so much hair that it jams my vacuum cleaner, and I have to clean the vacuum cleaner every second, like maybe every week. Nah. Because that's what people lose when they dance. They're always rubbing against each other. So there's yeah. like, just like, a, like if I don't, if I don't pass this, the, the, the vacuum for, for let's say a week, mm. it's like, like, you know, Texas, there's like a haystacks, like, you know, those yeah, things yeah. like rolling in the desert, yeah. but it's hair. Mm. And it's the same thing at your no place. No fingernails. I never found fingernails. Eyelashes. 
I find those on the mats at the gym. Are you serious? Eyelashes. No. I kid you not. Yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah? Me, yeah. it's earrings. Yeah. You can open a jewelry shop. Oh, yeah? Yeah, on the side. Keep it. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Keep it. <laughs> That's cool. For rougher um, times. Um, I want to move towards something that is very dear to you that you created uh, just lately and yeah. officialized it lately, which is your... Uh, your fun- foundation, yeah. foundation, yeah. and um, uh, basically geared to it's called M One uh, Mission One Jiu Jitsu, yeah, and it's geared towards uh, solving or or uh, alleviating bullying in schools. Before I get into um, the subject, because it's a very serious subject matter, <clears throat> I want to um, talk about a, an article that I saw in CBS that I, that I forwarded you uh, maybe yeah. two three weeks ago, and the stats are appalling mm. and. The thing with the stats is that th- those, uh, just to, to let everybody know how the questionnaire was made, is was basically, uh, it was a questionnaire that is uh, basically the questioned the, the students themselves. They didn't go through the process of going through the, uh, the board or uh, talking to teachers. They literally sent you a questionnaire and everybody in, in the school were saying, now we got bullying under control and stuff like that. And when the results came out, they, they trickled down the results. Every week, for every two, three days, there was a, an article talking about bullying. And it's the same things that when I was in, uh, in uh, doing my uh, psychoeducation degree, which is basically child psychology, the, when you're looking at the stats of people uh, going through or girls going through sexual aggression, it, they're it actually hard to read. Like it you, you, it's like unbelievable. Like one out of two girls get, you know, some kind of form of aggression before she hits eighteen. One out of two. Now check this out. I'm just going to go through quickly the stats. So forty-one percent of boys say they are physically assaulted in high school. Okay, forty-one. That's so huge. That, it's yeah. almost one out of twenty-six percent of girls say they experience unwanted sexual contact at schools. That's out of a hundred, a thousand uh, interviewees, right? So one out of seven uh, girl gets sexually molested in some shape or form, right? And then... I thank heard, God I don't have a girl. Man. <laughs> uh, and oh and here's the thing. There's literally <coughs> lately a first-time court case that was won by a parent that was a lawyer that got uh, $70,000. Uh, it was a family in Montérégie, which is... Uh, I think east of Quebec, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Montérégis. Yeah, yeah, and uh, basically they literally in the court case said that the, the the teachers were guilty, the director were guilty of complicity. Like they were actually doing nothing. They knew the situation. They lost documents on basically allegedly on purpose because it was documented, and that that child was intimidated, beaten, and stuff like that. And the mother won first time in Quebec. So basically sending a message. But here's this strange situation. Here's the strange situation. Because it's in the public sector, all the names of the people that were working, the teachers, the director, was out. So imagine the the mea culpa. They have to assess, like, man, we have a serious problem. And you talked about it before, and we're probably going (coughs) to talk about it again. There's a lot of... Uh, showboating about programs of anti-bullying or ribbons and stuff like that. Yeah. that and, and to be honest, it's looking good. You know, it's like almost like a PR stunt, like if you ask me, because mm. violence between kids or will exist. I think it's actually a, a hard problem to solve from a, just a standpoint of uh, 
you know, have a program or let's uh, sing along, everybody, let's sing, no more bullying, la la. So, yeah. so, so first of all, what do you think about the whole situation? I wanted to get into this because this is very concrete evidence that something really, really is happening within the school system. Tell me about your experience also, a personal experience, maybe if you were bullied when you were yeah. a child, and just talk about it in general and see what your uh, foundation will do to yeah. solve or alleviate the problem. Uh, quite a few subjects. Yes. There. Yeah. Um, <coughs> first off, those statistics you showed me, uh, you showed me not too long ago. I didn't even base my foundation upon statistics. Imagine that. It's just of my personal knowledge of teaching kids. I know what they go through because we do once a, we do it once a month because um, my my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school is not based only on bullying. I mean, if you do a, like a, a, an anti-bullying program, that's the only thing you do. You, you're going to lose the essence of just now nowadays Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu became a very competitive sport as well. So um, I, I, I do the uh, anti-bullying program in my school once a month where we sit down and we talk about it and we and and it became really obvious to me that many kids were getting bullied <coughs> many of them were my students and friends of mine my friends children um what i went through in school too uh, listen bu bullying has been around for forever let's not pretend that it's, an, it's a new thing uh, Like everybody all of a sudden is vegan or everybody's, it's, everybody's trying to become green now. And stuff. It's not a new thing. It's not a, it's not a, um, it's something to be, to, to talk about because it's cool, you know. Um, it's been around forever. Um, awareness has been around forever, you know. Uh, people talk about bullying, TV, uh, schools have some special, special guests that come uh, and public figures that talk about it. But what is it? What is it? Who's doing anything about it? What's being done? What, what are the solutions given? People intervene in, in schools. But what's, what solution have been given to people how to deal with it? I mean, I know two people that I know personally. One of them is a public figure and in martial arts has a, a foundation on bullying. I've seen nothing going around. Where's the... Where's the formations? Where's the the, the uh, any any instructions given to the kids uh, how to defend themselves, whatnot? You know, like it's okay to go talk about it in schools, but what's being done? So, to get back to the main goal of my foundation is to give solutions to the kids, impact, uh, give them a, make the impact. Let's get the impact started and on how to do, to react to those bullies, um, face them and not run away. You know, that's the main thing: face those bullies, not run away. Don't, don't, you know, um, I get nervous talking about this because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy we're doing this, but I, I go through rage, especially now. It's funny you ask me this because uh, just two days ago, <laughs> my biggest bully in high school, yeah, I didn't tell you this. My biggest bully in high school sent me a friend request on Facebook. Now, okay. We're talking about this uh, 20, almost 22 years ago, okay? Sends me a friend request. Now he wants to communicate, and now he wants private, private lessons in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for me. Now, it's 22 years later, you know? You'd think I'd get over it. I'm not. I, 
I couldn't believe it. And he writes to me. And then I see the message. And then he knows I saw it. Do I answer or not answer? Um, I have an affiliated. He's in the South Shore. I have an affiliated school in the South Shore too. I see that he's training martial arts because his profile picture has a, uh, a martial arts school te- uh, team uh, hoodie. And I'm like, I can't believe it. I, I'm still affected. I this guy scared the hell out of me in high school. Mm-hmm. Like he used, to, he used to walk around. Back then, it was movies like Dangerous Mind with Michelle Pfeiffer. 187. You ever heard about those movies? Uh, <laughs> no. No? Uh, Dangerous Minds, maybe, but 187. You, you, you're, you're thinking I'm that yeah. good in movies? Okay. I, I, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Not sure anymore. Wrong podcast. Okay, Here we wrong. go. So, hello. <laughs> um, it, gave, it, like, it gave kids so many stupid ideas, crazy ideas, you know? But basically, those movies, they were just speaking the truth, you know? And... Uh, Yeah, that kid used to walk around with a, a 12 gauge, saw a 12 gauge in his pants. Like, was it loaded? I don't know. I don't care. I'm 12 years old. I'm freaking out in a secondary mm-hmm. one, you know, yeah. secondary two. And he just approached me. Anyways, he just approached me for privates. Now, I'm still scared shit of this guy. My psychological, if I'm still psychologically affected. I don't want to sound like a victim here. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, I'm so confident today, this and that. But he, he, it still affected me. So I said to myself, Man, imagine, and that was a long time ago. If my foundation can come and help kids to be solid young, I didn't feel confident until I started presenting jujitsu. I'll be quite honest with you. Pumping weights, there was just fake image. You think you're, you look good, so you feel good, and you feel good, you think you're confident. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not. It's, it's all fake. You know? When I started BJJ, and I was able to defend myself, and then that's, that's where I became a super confident. So, My foundation, I want to come, I, I want to help kids. I want to help kids uh, overcome these, these bullies. Mm-hmm. Don't run away. Stop raising a society of victims. And it's helped them, you know, um, saying no, stop, will do absolutely nothing. I mean, come on. I mean, it's crazy. I see martial arts schools out there, there are programs and there are, si- there are signs out there. Stop, no to bullies. Is, are you kidding me? If I do that in high school, stop, <laughs> up, bam, mm-hmm. end up on the, you know, come on. So I want to give, I want to give them tools how to, what to, what to answer, not to instigate, but what to answer back the kids, you know, um, and how to deal with the first altic- physical altercation. You Can know? you give me an example of a situation and what you recommend to, for a child to say? Okay. Um, for example, I'll use um, what I went through in school, right? Um, they used to call me that's in high school okay because as a kid they used to call me like repart à la framboise <laughs> I used to be chubby Small. so the, 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 the big pork <laughs> not Nutella at, uh, raspberry big pork the raspberry big pork you believe that hey. I used to love Nutella I don't understand the raspberry uh, fat pork but I used to eat Nutella yeah. um, they used to call me uh, c'est beau la lasagne la lasagne I'm Italian la yeah. lasagne you know <clears throat> if a kid is walking by, let's say, in a corridor at school, and some kid just verbally calls him a stupid name, any professor, principal, parent in general, and I'm not saying they're wrong, I'm just saying I'm giving my opinion, to avoid is to be ignorant. Again, that's important for me to mention. That's my opinion. I'm not saying I'm right. Um, words don't affect, words don't mean nothing. 
hey, listen, they do, especially at kids. You have to be mentally strong, you know? When parents say, I spoke it out, it doesn't matter. It goes through one year, comes out to the other one. Yeah, but he, he's a child. You're a teenager, you're still a child. Understand? Um, no, I would turn around and say, hey, listen, I'm not bothering you. Stop bothering me. Don't bother me. Not, hey, you're the lasagna, you know? No. Turn around and say, I'm not bothering you. And if you see the person's coming for physical altercation, you walk away. Never turning your back, but you walk away. And you mention it right away. And in the schools, the schools love this. I know you have to mention it. You have to mention it. Go to the adult. Go to the adult. Go to the adult. Yeah, but the adult is not there during the altercation, verbal altercation, physical altercation. So you, we need to teach kids what to do. So you do answer back, not in an instigating way. Hey, listen, I'm not bothering you. Why are you bothering me? Just don't bother me. And you go, you walk away. And you warn an adult. It's important. It's like uh, warning an adult is like the um, proof of email <laughs> when you order something or you communicate with customer service yeah. or whatnot. You understand what yeah. I mean? And I'd even if they're able to, I would even send email to a, uh, an adult to have a proof today. Mm-hmm. We're, so, we're so social media today, right? Yeah. So, hey, my friend, get yourself a proof right away. Send an email. Verbally mention it to a, a school teacher or a principal. And write them an email or ask your parents to write an email right away. So we have, it comes back to what you were saying, paper proof. Mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah. It continues. It persists. What do you do? Physical altercation. It happens. Like I'll use my example in high school. Uh, that was, I was in secondary three. Um, and I, I mean, with no reason whatsoever. I, sometimes I play back. Was I, was I a little brat? That it really bothered the secondary fives, the the the, the graduates, you know. What was it about me that some of them really didn't like? I came to realize after, you know, back then they used to dress up in like uh, they used to dress up in baggy pants, exhaust, coconut uh, jeans, and my my sister used to be in college already, so uh, she said, no no no, uh, girls in high school, uh, college is like guys that dress clean cut. So she she used to tell me uh, back then uh, uh, you have to wear. Uh, Clean pants and nice shoes and uh, tight shirts. And you go, you're in shape, Luch, now. So uh, nice, tight shirt, you know, show off your body. And So they used to make fun of me the way I used to dress. But it did attract the attention from the girls a bit. You know, mm. it was different. When you're different, it attracts attention. And you're not even trying to be different. You're just, you're dressing different and whatnot, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, um, I was dating this girl. And um, she was in secondary five, uh, secondary four, and but she should have been in secondary five, you know. And I was in secondary three, and um, whatever. One day, um, she wasn't like that much at, at school back then. She was, she was a great person. She was just a tough, tough, tough cookie, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, one day, out of the blue, one guy comes up to me, and he, I don't want to name drop him, but he comes up to me and. Uh, uh, what do you think? Your dad is in the mafia because you're Italian. Where did that come from? You know, well, one thing led to another. Then told his other friends, and the other friends were drug dealers. You know, so already the drug dealers they think they belong somewhere to to a gang. You know, and uh, they cornered me. Three guys. One guy was huge. He's still huge. When I, when I see him on the South Shore. He's huge. The guy. 
and one pushed me. I fell off. And the other one, the other one bumped me in the locker room. The other one opened the door, like in the movie scene. Bam, in my face. Now, I'm not saying, what is it you do when that happens? I did absolutely nothing. You know why? Because I was scared. I was scared. I honestly, literally, I, I pissed myself. All right? Uh, I remember because I had to wear my, my track pants after. Okay? Uh, I'm super scared. Um, you go warn the, the, the teachers or the security that was there. I remember her name was Lu, uh, Louise. It's it's over. It's done. You know? Okay. So you're going to go uh, reprimand the person or you're going to you're gonna intervene. What happened? You're going to talk about it in front of the principal and he's just looking at you. It's going to happen again and again and again. And so today, I would teach a kid how to defend himself. There's nothing right now, that specific moment while it's happening. No teacher going to stop any fight right now. It's happening now. It lasts 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. By the time the teacher or somebody's security... <coughs> Uh, sees this happening, somebody warns somebody, it's done. The damage is done. Mm-hmm. You got punched in the face. You got thrown on the floor, kicks, spat on, and whatever. I want, I would, I would teach kids today to fight back. Stand up for yourself. Fight back because the fight is on right now. You can't run away from it. My dad used to tell me, I used to get into big trouble. You know, there's no, there's no, I'm not even worried my dad even listens to this podcast, but I used to get in big trouble at home. When I used to be, uh, I used to get into fights at school, and I kid you not, it wasn't my fault. And why? Why would I get into trouble? Because I fought back. I get into fight. I, I'm the bullied one, and I get into trouble at home because parents in general are so busy with life, work, providing for the kids, making sure the kids are uh, the kids are, are taken care of, you know. And, and sometimes don't see these all these things happening at school, you know. And, and the first thing they see, you got into trouble. Yeah, but take the time to listen. Your, your, your son, your daughter is telling you, hey, man, I, I, I'm getting bullied. But they're not going to say I'm getting bullied. I say, ah, something happened in school. Try to find out why. But those 90 seconds while that, that, fight, that fight happened, the kids, are, the kids have to stand up for themselves. Whatever. You took a beating. doesn't matter. You fought. You're going to feel good about it. They're going to go back home. Whatever happened, let's say they got punched in the face, whatever, but they fought back. They tried. Nobody took advantage of them. You understand what I mean? There's one uh, satisfying story from one of my friends that told me once she was she was bullied in a school. It was a girl, and um, when she came home and the father understood what was happening, he didn't bring her to school that day. He brought her to the uh, the the last the last bell of the school where people going out, mm. and he brought his daughter there. And he said to her, get out. It's not a PC story. He said, get out of the car. Go stand in the middle of that door. Wait that the guy comes out that bullies you. Take him and beat the shit out of him. Just strike him in the face as hard as you can. That's the father saying that to the daughter. And she told me the story. She said, I was more afraid of my father's reaction if I don't do it. So I just did it. She had to do it once. She was never bothered bothered by anybody in the school again because you remember in, in school when you're, you're labeled the crazy person mm. and you just heard about that person's fight at some point and the, the other... Tough, I mean like crazy like... No, no, just crazy or something happened or it's like... Mm. I, I remember when I, I was young, there was a Vietnamese guy. Nobody w- wanted to, 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 to even approach him because 
we heard that one fight. You just went That's nuts on somebody. Or exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody wanted to touch him. Nobody yeah. touched him. Because you heard that there's like an era of this. And, and what, what I find a bit appalling, and I have a daughter and a son, right? So I have two, two problems. <laughs> well, two nice problems. I just say two different kind of problems if we look at, at bullying because bullying with girls and bullying with guys is a little bit different. But Similar. Similar, but different, different, it, yeah. it could be way more intricate if we're talking yeah. about girls, right? It's less maybe physical. <coughs> and I always find... Uh, the conclusion is that the victim always gets the short end of the stick, even after the whole process, even after you went to the director, even after all that stuff, the victim still doesn't get fully repaired 100% and he's back on top or the same level or he feels, you know. Why? That's the main thing. I I have no idea. It's a very good question. I'll tell you why. Tell me. Can I I cut you off here? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Tell you why they'll always feel like crap because they did nothing about it. Mm. And it comes back up, to, it comes back down to what I told you before. If they do something about it, even if they were still the victim, mm. they feel better. They feel better. I'll give you a quick example. Yeah. Okay. And you say that that's a bit far fetched, but it, it isn't. You're walking down the street. It's one o'clock in the morning, you know, Okay. Nowadays it could be two or two o'clock in the afternoon, right? So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you're with your wife, and uh, somebody just grabs your purse. That's a movie story, but it's. What do you do, Elias? If he's close, he's grabbing her purse, <coughs> and she's like, "No, no, no!" What do you well, do? Well, you're gonna have to jump the guy. It's gonna be a natural reaction. Okay. Yeah. If you say stop, stop. Please stop. Please stop. <coughs> no, 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 no. Stop. And <coughs> cops come. They see that. Boop, 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 and they stop it. And he runs away. Mm-hmm. Do you feel good? Or do you feel like crap? Uh, hold on a second. Yep. Nobody's hurt. You feel good? You're going to feel like a lesser individual if you didn't. Why? Let me answer for you. Please. Because you did nothing. Because mm. you did nothing. But you know that feeling of uh, power uh, like you're powerless when you're getting bullied because I, I, I went through a couple of episodes when I was a child mm. and you just feel powerless and you feel that there's like let's say two three guys and you're alone and you feel that you're, you're right like if you even if you <laughs> swing a punch even if you swing a punch at least you, you stood up for yourself even if you get your shit kicked out because you don't I don't think that when you're a child you think about these things and that thing probably it's a good idea to practice like in a setting where you're going to train people to, to, to think that way. Or you're going to, it's going to happen anyways. You're going to get hit. You're going to get the door slammed in your face, but at least you swung. At least you swung that punch also. So you're, you're a lesser target. Like you're, you're, you're more complicated target. So when the next time they want to bully you, it's more complicated for them. It, it, you know, it like, yes, it is. And, and you're going to feel better. Yeah. And it, let me, it, let's get this straight here. I don't want to, you know, whoever is listening to this to get the wrong idea of my foundation, right? Yeah. We're not teaching kids to fight back, to, to, to fight. We're teaching them how to defend themselves realistically. Yeah. You know, you get pushed around, especially with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, that's exactly what it is. They're going to get so used to it. They're going to be so used to that training on a, on a weekly base of getting pushed around because that's what it starts on your feet. Yeah. You get thrown on the floor and they're going to be able to control a position and ask for help. Yeah. 
That's the main uh, main goal. But they're going to feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. Understand? Regardless of the outcome, they're going to feel good because they did the right thing. They didn't instigate. They didn't instigate anything. They tried to avoid by by facing the bully. Mm -hmm. There's avoiding, running away, and there's avoiding by facing the bully. You know? Tell, hey, listen. You know? I don't want <coughs> nothing to do with you. And so it's the same thing for adults, man. I mean, it comes back on, back down to the same thing all the time. Mm. You know, you need to, you can't let nobody run you over. Makes completely no sense. And it's not true. You're smart if you do nothing. No, you're not. Do you think there's a, a, a bigger percentage of people that were bullied if you look at people doing martial arts than, than people in the real world? Because I heard, I heard it a lot of times where somebody's people like arts, really yeah. somebody like really good in martial arts if you talk to them yeah, just long yeah. enough they're going to mention a bully story yeah uh, of course like bullying is just like across the board but i mean do you think that people are motivated to do martial arts more than a regular person that did not go through bullying of course yeah of course you know you you want to do something about it and those people there that actually take the first step to to train martial arts because of that, they're already strong mentally. Mm. You took the first step. The first step is the, is the hardest one. You understand? Mm. To accept that that's what you're living and I don't want this no more. You know? So yeah, there is a big percentage of people in martial arts it's because of that. Some of them is just to have a good time and learn how to feel good. You know? If something would ever happen. Like you at the beginning. I remember you telling me, hey, listen, I'm not looking to compete or to go smash somebody in the face. I'm just, wanna, I think it's cool. <coughs> I like it. Yeah. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. And I want to get good at it. Yeah. And that's it. And so if ever something happens, I, I feel in control, you know? 100%. So, yeah. Basically. So, let's get into your coaching life. Your coaching <laughs> yeah. experience. Mm. Um, what do you think it takes to be a good leader? Hmm. It's, it's a good question, right? Sometimes I question myself too, you know, am I really a good leader? Am I not, you know, um, I'd say definitely, uh, being open to change because that's what life is, right? Everybody mm -hmm. changes, life changes, you know, in any, um, in any domain, right? Um, if you're the leader and you're open to change. I think it, people are going to look up to you as you're not closed in, you know. Um, you have to, what you believe in, you can't doubt it. You can't doubt what you believe in. You know, what you believe in something, um, you have to. What do you believe in? In life? or In, in life as a coach or in life in general? Like when you, you, you run your school, what are your core values or beliefs? Um, for the sport is one thing yeah. and for running my school is another thing let's do both yeah I believe in uh, trying to make myself as happy as possible so if I try to make myself as happy as possible I could, people around me could be happy <coughs> you know mm -hmm. um, before I try to make people happy now I try to make myself happy as possible and if you're happy people feel it and if they feel it they're happy too you understand yeah. what I mean there's a big difference of, you can't make everybody happy you know the, the best image of that uh -huh. is then when you're in a plane they always tell you put your if if the the shit hits the fan yeah put your own mask first 
and then put the child's mask second. Yeah, I get that. So I think it's it's a nice image. To yeah, but my wife's a flight attendant, and I asked her. <laughs> If we're flying, like we're going on vacation in two weeks, and, you know, ask her if that thing comes down, who do you put it on first, your son or you, you know? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. She, no, you have to put it on yourself because yeah. you can't take care of your son exactly. if you're not exactly. breathing. I said, you know that. what's going to happen if those two things pop out to me? Yeah. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to go, oh, my God, oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. I pass up. <laughs> so you better put it on me first because I'm dead. <laughs> Hey, turbulence! <laughs> I shit my pants. Sorry. Oh my god! But I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm so anxious on a plane. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I try to stay cool, but I'm so anxious. Yeah. Oh <laughs> it starts god. shaking sometimes. I look at my wife, and she's <sighs> like this. On the way to Italy. Yeah, yeah. I'm but like, she's. Babe, like, I go. I go. Are we dying? Are you, did you sleep? Did I sleep? Are you, are you crazy? Do you check on her? Like, do you, you know? ask her? Like, if they say something happens and play, you say, is this normal? No, sometimes it's, it vibrates so much and so much turbulence. The lights are flashing. And she's like this. And you have to start start worrying in a plane. If a flight attendant that's flying, all of a sudden she goes, huh? <laughs> if my wife starts going, oh. Yeah. Then you know something's wrong. Code you know? 42, code 42. Huh? <laughs> it never happens. Say um, what? Uh, how about um, what do you get? Uh, what's most rewarding part of being a coach? Um, people, uh, I'd say, yeah, people happy being in your place. Mm. I, I mean, yeah, me as a competitor, because I still compete, it's rewarding to see an athlete, or I'll say an athlete, not a client, an athlete. Uh, perform and um, see him starting from scratch and then see him evolve. I mean, like, mm. some of my students today, uh, man, like, they started with me. I, I taught them the base of everything. I taught them everything they know of the base to a certain level. Yeah. And then with time, then they learn on, on their own and online and whatnot. They have their own tricks. and And to see them go from... In the sport, I mean, from nothing to like, wow, to blossom. It's like a flower, you know? You, you plant the flower, you see the flower growing, growing, growing. And, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my God. It, it, that, that's rewarding as a coach. Um, but as, as, as a business owner as well, let's say I'm a coach and a business owner, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. you could be a coach in the place. Yeah. But yeah. Um, it's to see everybody wanting to be at your place. Nice. They want to be there. So, yeah. But as a coach, is to see everybody grow, you know. Like, for your example, remember. Yeah. You were wondering, am I doing good and whatnot? And, yeah, I could officially tell you, you know. I remember when we used to train together at the beginning, I had to, like, take off a bit of my weight or, like, slow down the pace a bit because I felt you a bit more stiff. And, mm -hmm. and then after a few years, and I'm like, oh, man, cool. I can wow, now I got to give him a bit more because yeah. he's giving me a bit more. That's rewarding. I'm like, and you only train with me. Understand? Exactly. So that's even more rewarding. A mm -hmm. guy that only trains with me, because I have students that go to other places too. I, 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 I'm anti-politics for that. Um, as long as uh, if you compete, you represent the team, you know. And some students, that the only thing they know is my way. And I never said my way is the right way or the best way. It's just my way. Right, yep. and my way is what I know, and what my coaches know, and what we share. And you're I think, a good example because you've only trained—I uh, think you trained a bit before, maybe a couple, a week or somewhere else or something. You know, not even exactly. And um, 
and to see somebody blossom after and I'm like wow I don't take all the credit it's just it's it's just fun to see it's rewarding and like oh man we're doing something great here oh, it's your program yeah, yeah it's, not so. <laughs> it's not mine it's not mine in the in the um, uh, YouTube era Oh, yeah. YouTube. I want to touch YouTube. this YouTube era. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going through uh, uh, also some situations with ah. the YouTube era. I had a couple of clients at some point said, well, show me, can you show me uh, this move? So he shows me the move and I'm looking at the move. And I have nothing against picking up moves off YouTube. But it was strange to see the guy trying to learn the move on YouTube. But when I was looking at him, he had problems with his basics. So I just told him, he goes, listen, before going into this, take care of this, you know? Yeah. And that's it. That was my only intervention. And mostly, um, I find, I, I had a, something interesting. One of my colleagues said to me once, I, I asked her, do you ever go on YouTube for inspiration or to pick up some salsa moves? And she said to me, the sentence would killed me. She looks at me and he goes, she goes, why do you want to go on YouTube? I go, oh, to get some moves and inspiration. She goes, you know many moves and go yeah so why did you go to youtube and, and i go i don't know just to pick up some new news she goes but you've been dancing for 20 years how many moves do you know he goes i know plenty so why do you want to waste your time on youtube just go in the studio and create some moves <laughs> like, that's I'm, a good point i'm like what do you want me to say i was like it, it, it's, a, it's a bit true I, you know i do mm-hmm. i need youtube yeah once in a while i look what's happening internationally oh, yeah, sure but I spend way less time right now on YouTube and more time. And, and I value the human interaction of learning. I think there's nothing compared to having a coach guiding you, uh, letting you know something is wrong. Like even when I teach a class, <coughs> right now what I say, if I say something that I think is really like gold, I always you say, say it's after, gold. No, yeah, I say this. No, I, this is what I say. I say this, guys, you won't find on YouTube. Ah, that's nice. Th- like whatever. You, when I know that, that that's like a secret sauce, like something that would make a difference. Mm. But I never saw on YouTube. I just saw little flashy patterns on yeah, YouTube. Yeah. So I wonder, in your field, <coughs> sorry, I'm fighting a cold. Mm. And um, in your field, what do you think about YouTube and learning and evolving? I think they go together. I know it sounds crazy f- for me to say that. Only in my own place. In the era we're in, they go together um, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if I had to use um, what I do for a living, so what happens is it's so accessible. A beginner. Saw a bunch of moves before even stepping a foot on the mat. I'm using jujitsu for an example. Yeah, same thing in salsa. So they already have a bunch of questions. You know, they, they, what happens is uh, it, it teaches you a lot. You want to start running before even knowing how to walk mm-hmm. or even stand up. Understand? Um, I think I, I do believe at a certain point, um, knowledge is power, right? More knowledge, more power, right? Um, yeah, I learn, learn as much as you can, but you cannot, not because it's on YouTube or on internet, it means that's the right thing. And especially in jujitsu, for example, an arm lock, you know, um, 
There's so many ways of doing an arm lock. There's so many setups of doing an arm lock. There's so many setups because you don't know what you want to go do after your arm lock if it fails and whatnot. And it might confuse, um, it might confuse students because they might they see it as if it's online, it's it must be it. It's like Google. If you Google it, it's the information is out there, and it's, it's not get ahead of ourselves. Not because you Googled it, it means the information is out there is right. You understand what I mean? It I might, think it could be worse. It, it, it has the potential to, has to confuse do, the hell out of yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So, so people sometimes they they say I'm teaching something in class. Yeah, yeah. But I saw it. I saw something this way. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Good. Fine. What do you want me to say? This is how I'm showing it. Did I say this is the only way? This is the right way. I'm showing you this that, that you've seen like this, like that. Where mm-hmm. any other way of doing it. First, learn. You have a, a professor in front of you. He's giving you the human contact. You understand? Yeah. I'm teaching you the things that you, you know, like I'm in front of you teaching you the martial arts that you sign up to do. It might confuse you at the beginning if you're, you're doing a lot of both, they have everything, you know. I do believe to a certain extent, uh, when you start hitting, let's say, um, um, late blue belt, early purple belt, uh, for the everyday person that doesn't know what that is, that's say maybe a good. Uh, Four, four, five years of jujitsu. Four years jujitsu. Yeah. Um, you might, it might not, because I have students, brown belts, purple and brown. They're, they're still confused on, you know, they see a, a thing a certain way because they're their idols, you know. Um, so they want to do it that way, but I showed a different way because I have something else in mind as a setup of a move, you know. So they won't believe in what I'm doing because they'll believe in what they're idol on youtube did you know uh which is fine but you once you, you technically once you're purple belt five year or four or five years in you're able to simulate a, f- a few things differently you know hopefully you're able to say ah that's another variation and that's another variation that's a different way cool and and understand that learning is limit limitless you know um hey sometimes i i think i invented a move mm-hmm I'm like, oh, wow, wow, wow. And then I see somebody doing it, you know. And he, Or sometimes I show a move and I, I, I just saw myself. My, I just taught it myself. And I have a student saying, oh, yeah, that's uh, Bernardo Faria from uh, the, his DVD. Is, uh, I'm like, what? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know Bernardo Faria is. But, man, I just taught it myself. Like, you mm. had to see it online. And I had to wait 15 years because I'm not... I'm not. I'm not. Su- I'm not a jujitsu. Um, I don't know about you. If it's the same thing for salsa, I love jujitsu. I'm passionate about jujitsu. But some of my students are like jujitsu geeks. They're so into it a lot more than I am, mm-hmm. which I think it's amazing because they teach me things too. You know, um, so I'm, I, I don't have time to navigate uh, YouTube or videos or whatnot. Exactly. Um, do, do I like? I fall asleep. It's not because I don't like it. It's not because I don't want to learn. And more or different tricks. It's just watching videos. I, it puts me to sleep. You know what I mean? So um, I, I got to do I mean, I can't watch something and do it. Even if I do a seminar, um, I'm actually learning from a seminar, not teaching one. Um, I got to practice it a, a thousand times to get it. So you teach me. I, I watch videos and I just saw a hundred techniques. I, I can't remember one. So I got to be in the gym. I'm very instinctive. I got to try on somebody, you know. Um, I just think right now the arrow, the arrow we're in, it goes together. Learning, it's yeah, YouTube's out there, but you'll never have the same effect 
as you'll never have the same knowledge um, interacting with the human interaction, like you said, in 100%. the dojo. It's impossible. Yep. As a business owner, sometimes it's it's very annoying. You know, you must have those students too. Sometimes you know, it, it you you're not you don't feel challenged. You think sometimes you might feel challenged, but it's not that I feel challenged with what you saw online. It's just, man, this is. I'm doing this because I love my sport. I'm not doing this to debate anybody. Mm-hmm. If I want to debate anybody, I'd be a p- politician. You understand? Or in religion, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm doing this because I love my sport. And I'm teaching <coughs> you what I know. So if you want to teach me what you know, eh, wait after the class. Or go keep learning from YouTube. And when you come to my class, just do what I do. And yeah. that's it, you know? Basically. There's a question of uh, just a minimum amount of respect for the for the process and the ah. system and and just re- repetition and for sure. If you're telling somebody let's do uptown downtown, which is the only thing I well, remember well, from well, your class. Well, here's <laughs> here's here's the interesting thing is sometimes uh, I got this in salsa, so guys become good at the beginning, you know, mm. and uh, they they get sometimes inflated egos, you know, they 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 got a lot of attention and the ladies want to dance with them and. And then you go like into this kind of like uh, high. Do they smell good? I don't know. I think so. You have to smell good if you want to dance salsa, right? So I I wonder, like I I get challenged sometimes. I just just stop caring as much as before maybe. And it it doesn't, like when I mean challenge, like questioned Mm. or like, well, uh, this teacher does that this way. You do that that way and and blah, blah, blah. What's the the, the right way? And I always say everybody's different. Everybody has a signature Mm. and exactly like what you said. And I wonder, in your field, um, how do you deal with difficult clients at every stage? Like when they come in and they think they yeah. they're they're a ninja, and or they 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 they, they become good, and now for some reason they they feel they feel a calling, and they they know stuff, and then yeah. they question you yeah. after even two years. I, you know, sometimes what I find interesting in, in the gym is like people questioning you after like two months of training, mm. and I always watch these guys, and I'm thinking. Yeah, you 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 don't you can ask questions. No, I'll say the truth. You're wondering how I'm gonna react. <laughs> Is it gonna blow up? Is it gonna freak out? No, but you know, sometimes yeah, one like a helpful <laughs> question. Can you help me? I don't understand. That's a that's a helpful question. Yeah, but you're trying to you questioning the teacher on a move. When you, wouldn't you spin you, the person I, the other way? Yeah, I don't. I don't need. I I when I listen to the question, I don't even understand what he's he wants to get at, and I'm like, mm. I'm not there yet. Just. Teach me whatever. Tell me what to do, coach. That's that's what I the way I approach it. Tell me what to do. I'll do it for one hour, and yeah. I'll suspend my brain and I put it on a shelf, and I'll think about my life and other stuff when the class is over. Mm. This is the way I approach it. Yeah. But how do you approach these guys? What do you say? What, what's the deal? Like, how do I approach it, or how I used to? Because <laughs> those, <laughs> those are two different. So let, let, eras. so so, so yeah. how did you, you? Let's let's say. Let's go with how okay. I approach it now because I don't want it to affect uh, so, my business. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's go for how do you approach it now and then we'll go what's actually in your brain. <laughs> <laughs> what's actually in my brain, yeah. <coughs> and, uh, <coughs> Sorry. It's, uh, that's a, that's uh, a tricky thing to ask me because I just saw uh, last week I just went to a Sebastian Maniscolco uh, comedy was it good? show. Was it yeah, good? It was awesome. Yeah, I love and it. Now, all week I've been like, Oh, yeah? Doing things like he's doing, you know. <laughs> so yeah, he's like an Italian on steroids. It's like he's got all the ah, Italian funny. cliche, and he's like those facial. Exp- <laughs> what he says, what he says, it's not even. You know what? I was I was talking with my buddy, uh, where you know Joe uh, yeah, went together, yeah, right? Yeah. And he brought me uh, 
And I was like, it's not what he's saying that's so funny. It's because he's just saying the truth yeah. in a funny way, those funny faces, mm-hmm. in a funny tone of voice. Anyways, it's amazing. Um, yeah, to get back to the question. Yeah, right? please, please. Yeah? So what was it? So uh, well, the uh, question was, yeah. how do you deal with difficult customers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do I deal with difficult customers? Well, there's the customer that comes for information. Now, if you want, we can get into that after. <laughs> and uh, there's uh, the ones that call. Or the ones that are on-premises, they're already part of the team. Um, I try to, um, before I used to like react right away to what they're saying, but, but, but why even questioning? Like I'm there, I'm the one teaching, you know, now I like to, I try to see where does it come from? Where mm-hmm. does that come from? Mm-hmm. Um, let's say a beginner, beginner just starts and has a bunch of questions. Um, before I would, I go with it before, right? Before we would just, don't worry about it, it's going to come with time, you know? But you're not giving them the service that he wants. Mm. That's when I used to teach in other people's schools. <laughs> not that I have my school. <laughs> it's different. Yes, un poco diferente. I try to see where the source of the question comes from within 15 seconds. Understand? Yeah. And um, yeah, I try to, to I try to guide him as much as I can, without being too, without brushing him off, trying to tell him. If it's a question with a technique that he's not even able to move, mm-hmm. or but it's normal, I went through it. I tried to, you know, um, reassure him. If they're intermediate, advanced guys. Now, this is the way I see it. My super advanced guys. I have one of my black belts. You know, I'm Alex, Professor Alex. When I teach something, or I do something, I... It's never complicated. Meaning, he'll just, yeah, not his head, not his head. If he shares a different opinion, let's say, on what I just showed, <coughs> we actually talk about it after. After he's, he's done it. And, then, yeah. and I actually ask him, you know, he's, oh, yeah, it's not my, I like doing it like this because of this, 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 but it's super nice the way you did it. You know, and, 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 and we discuss about it. That's being respectful. mature, respectful. respectful. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he, it's so easy. Then again, I have, because for him, jiu-jitsu is simple. Jiu-jitsu, I mean, the sport itself is a bit complex, but for him doing jiu-jitsu, it's to have a good time. That's it. Nothing else. He wants to have a good time. And he's good at it. My complicated customers are the ones that complicate what it is. They forget why they're there. It's to have a good time. I mean, especially if you're not competing. If you're a non-competitive client or athlete, it's even easier. For you, it was a getaway. You, know, you have fight, work five days a week. You want to get away for a couple of hours a night, you know, from the storm. Yeah. So why is it complicated? <clears throat> so um, I, I, lately, I've been trying to, like, assess where it comes from and... and Trying them to make them understand that, you know, yes, um, this is what we're doing right now. If you want, we'll talk about it later, yeah. you know. But I, I'm not, yeah, I, I'm not um, super calm when I say it. I'm a bit affirmative because you're, you're trying to um, not poke me, but challenge me in front of my group, which it doesn't intimidate me. That's a form of intimidation. Understand? I do see it like that. Mm-hmm. And 
before we go show it show it show it you know like come on show me in front of everybody show me what you're saying show me come on show me not because i felt challenged because i knew exactly this question was dumb and uncalled for but then again i said to myself why was it dumb why is a question dumb it's a question right um he's maybe not there psychologically yet let's teach him or maybe it doesn't come from the same source of respect. Let's teach him respect. You know? So I try to deal with it that way now. You know, versus before um, putting the person on the spot yeah. to take my place. It did work for a few years. Yeah. If I do that today, it wouldn't work. Uh, yeah, I, rem- I remember uh, back then, <clears throat> like maybe, maybe I asked 10 questions in five years maybe. Yeah. But I re- always think about Think about that question. Is it really worth asking him? Because the reaction might not be funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but, but I'm, I'm just saying that it, 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 because sometimes I remember, I asked you a question once, I remember, I said, I asked a question and you looked at me and said, is it really a question you're asking me? Is it like a serious question? And I looked at you and goes, yeah, it is. Says, That's a serious question, right? I'll come and answer you but it's just because it's you. I said that? <laughs> That's not too long ago, right? <laughs> it was about two years ago. I remember that thing. I was like, I don't know. Is it a good question? I have no idea. I'm confused right now. So just getting, can I get some You know help? what it is? Because I, I kind of have expectation <sighs> from certain people. Yeah, I understand. As I figured, like, I go, like he knows that. Yeah. Like, like, how can it be a question? Maybe you know? it's like a brain fart. You know, it's like sometimes <laughs> your be. brain is <laughs> like That's frozen. why I said that to you probably. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, and then you feel like, you know, feel like shit. Like you're correcting me. I was like, oh man, not, now I feel like an idiot. And I, and you see what I mean? You see, but my way is not, you know, it's funny because that's a form of bullying that I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. I know, you know what? I am, I am. You know, it's a, I, man, it takes one to recognize <sighs> another, right? Wow. But, I have to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what it is, because I I was taught like that. I understand. And and, and that's how I know. Mm-hmm. And I try to change it. Mm-hmm. You know, but it worked for me. Understand? Scratch your head a bit, because sometimes yeah. people ask a question before before even trying it. So if you have a question on something, why don't you try doing what I told you to do in the beginning? Yeah. And then you might answer your own question. Correct. You understand? Yeah. Like like it, it, that, that's what comes. That's a challenging thing, but yeah. I, I don't. I used to get aggravated about that. But then I realized, hey man, I'm doing jiu-jitsu for a living. I'm doing my passion. I'm happy. So when I get those questions, it comes with the job. Yeah. And I came with with time. I realized asking questions is not a bad thing. It's, it's not, not because us we were scared of asking questions that I have to expect my students to be the same way. It's it's asking questions is not a bad thing. It's just because, you know. It's like I've been asked so many um, uh, dumb ones, you know. When I say dumb, meaning like just just <coughs> do what I just told you to do. Yeah. It's going to answer your question. That sometimes you you get psychologically numb. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you kind of put everything in the same basket. Oh, they're all dumb questions, but they're not. But yeah. it's it's to filter those ones. The thing that, the thing the the way I approach it is like this. For example, if I'm stuck somewhere or. <laughs> I, I have more concern of training 20 times a move wrong than mm. you telling me the first time this is where you put your foot or your hand. And then I know for the next 20th time, I'll do it correctly. It's just missing links. Like, 
comment qu'il a... How does... He took the right to the lapel and then he took the left to the throat. I, like, Don't you find it fun to scratch your head? It's, that's the problem, right? Yeah. Sometimes I say to myself, but why is it... Why is that question bothering me? Because... You know why it bothers me? Because th- that person is not scratching their head a yeah. bit. And then you say to yourself, but he's saying to himself, no, I'm a customer, I'm paying. No, 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 no I'm not even going there. I'm actually don't even, I don't even even consider scratching my head. I just want to repeat what I saw. Observation, monkey see, monkey do. Mm. I never, never, and up to this day, I never scratch my head. I try to observe as best, like if I'm eating up a choreography. Like I observe you and I, I put my attention where your hands are. Are they crossed? Are they uncrossed? Uh, uh, where your feet, your body position is, how your feet are planted. Yeah. Is, does he have a knee bent? Where is his knee? Is it on his stomach? Uh, and I try to remember that and then transfer it to my body. So I never, never, never question. question even, I, I never even search for, uh, how is it going to work? Is it going to work better if... That's why I don't find well, an answer. Is but it going to work better if... A lot but, of but, students but, do but, that. But, but, but I'm saying... But I'm saying if if the mandate is to scratch your head, that's mm. a different story. If, for example, you say, okay, here's the, the scenario, scratch your head, try to find an answer. That I can, but I never approached it that way. So maybe your expectation was to do that and maybe the students, or like myself, yeah. I never even considered it. Like, just tell me what to do, coach. Like, <laughs> I'll do it. Like, I'm like, a, it. like kind of a soldier. Like... Uh, fire there, okay, bah, bah, fire there, fire there, but it's a children, it doesn't matter, it's child. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's like, you just, you, I just, I, I just want to be the most malleable student as possible. And that's why when you come in with kind of like a, a trick kind of, well, like kind of like an open-ended question, mm. I'm like, was I supposed to think about it? Because I'm, I'm not thinking, I'm observing. Because you know what it is? I, now that you're saying it, I know when I do that. And I, it's because in my mind, I'm like, you should have known. Mm. You, you should know. And it's funny that I say that you should know. Because uh, then uh, one of the students lately at the gym, you know, he posted an article on Facebook about um, toxic environments. <laughs> <laughs> Not toxic environments, but a, a coach that always makes you feel like uh, you should know. Yeah. And man, that was exactly me. <laughs> I fit that profile. I was like, man. He's posting about me. Yeah. And I, I confronted him about it in a joking way. I really like that guy. Yeah. And he, he goes, no, bro, it's just because there's not a guy at the gym. I, was like, I, go, Listen. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you're like that. No, you, but you're not, a lot, not, not even remotely. But I'm just saying in some instances, yeah. like some interactions. But that's, say I love doing it. Like 5%. Of 95% of all the goodness you bring yeah. into the gym and, and into me. And sometimes those 5%, I'm glad it's not me asking the question. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> So I don't know if I do it to send out a message to the other ones. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's I do it naturally, and yeah. I think it suits me. If I wasn't like that, um, maybe you know my, my coach used to tell me that you have too many expectations mm. about everything in life, you know, and uh, it's true. And I still do sometimes with my students. I'm like, I expect them to scratch, to learn the way I learned. Man, an arm bar took me like for the everyday person that doesn't know what an arm bar is. Compared to salsa, maybe a basic move, like the most basic move, an armbar from guard is the like fundamentals. Like of, a right turn. Right turn. Say, yeah, yeah. That's it. Me, a right turn, I put my flash and I turn right. Yeah. Uh, a right turn in dancing, I guess it's basic. Well, it took me months. Some people get it after two weeks, yeah. three weeks. Months 
You think I was? I was. Hey, 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 coach, coach, can you show me? Can you, hey, I don't understand. I said to myself, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna keep doing it, even if I'm doing it wrong. With time, I'll pick up some things, and my body's gonna tell me, "Man, you're doing it wrong." Yeah. That's what exactly what happened. But you know, a coach is a shortcut to that. Huh? A coach is a shortcut to yeah, to I that. Know. So there's coaches that are present and, and guide you and help you. As much as they can within that hour, right? If That's you're one-on-one. One-on-one, but I mean a coach, by definition, is a shortcut to that. Okay. Right? I guess so. So if you're not there, I can learn uh, an armbar on no. YouTube. It's going to take me way longer. I guess. Oh, maybe. yeah, 100%. <coughs> it's going to take me way longer because I won't understand the subtleties. Like, I'll be repeating. I'll be watching the, the image. I'll yeah. try to repeat. But nobody's correcting me. Nobody's yeah. saying, hey, bro, it's been 20 times and your your toes are pointing mm-hmm. north. You know? Exactly. But point them south. Or uh, curl up your toes or or press with this leg. And mm. I, listen, the amount of time that, the amount of um, amount of times that just the small adjustment, like something that you would say, this is ridiculous, would make such a big impact on a move. And it's the same thing in salsa. Just one inch you get closer to the lady, the move bah, happens like magic. Mm. And the guy's like trying to muscle the moves and he's like trying to, hey, ça marche pas, it doesn't work. How come it doesn't work? Oh, ça marche pas. And, and, I, and, I say, and I say, just get closer to the lady. Mm. You'll, you'll take away tension of the arms. She's not going to be jacked up with like fighting you and the move's going to work. And just get closer. Just small adjustments. And in jiu-jitsu, it's the same thing. It's like, look, just bring your hand a little deeper on the lapel or, or lapel is the, is the, the kimono. And and you're like, wow, this is, this is amazing. I would have known that. How do I? Uh, maybe I would find it. Maybe in six months of grinding it. But now you're here and you're just looking and you're just transferring yeah. the information. So for me, I see it as a shortcut. Uh, the way you learn, maybe it's more like a, a grindy way, or people are left more to themselves to figure it out. Then you develop more of a an, a solution based brain. Mm. I don't know what's good. You know, uh, it's funny because the way you're describing all of this, it's uh, if I can compare it, um, giving that little tip, that little detail to somebody, sometimes I realize I give those tips, but you have to pick and choose to who you do that. It's not because it has nothing to do with their personalities. I mean, their level. Mm-hmm. Because I might be giving you the most valuable details right now. And you assimilate absolutely nothing yeah. because it's so, there's so many details. Giving too, giving too many details is like not giving any at all. I agree. Okay. And people would say, no, no, no. Details are important. Yeah, they are at a certain level. Yeah. Not, at the beginning, uh, it's exactly the same, same. I could compare it, like I said before, you want to start running without even knowing how to stand. So sometimes I go and I give a detail to a certain person. And they can't use it because I realize they're not there yet, mm-hmm. you know, with the technique. So I got to let them scratch their head a bit. Yeah. But then I go turn around to another person. I see how he assimilates information differently. Mm-hmm. So if I give him that detail, it changes everything for him. But I can't do that to everybody. You can't. Being a good coach, you know, I was having this conversation with my instructors, you know, Professor Alexandra. Yeah. Yeah. And I was telling them, listen, it's not about what you guys want to teach. It's about what the client needs. When I say client, the athlete. So you're going to give out so many moves or detail in certain positions where they're not even there yet. They mm. need 
you have to be a good coach. You have to be able to give the client what he needs at this specific moment, not what he's asking. If you want to learn jujitsu, it's not about, it's not, I'm t- I want to teach you jujitsu or a sport or whatnot. It's about, if you're a good coach, and I think I'm a good coach, because yeah. being a professor and a coach is two different things, right? A professor, you, you teach. A coach, you teach, you care, take care, you know, you entertain, you 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 take care of your people. It's it's a, it's much different, yeah. you know. You're present a lot, so teaching and coaching at the same time, you want to do both. Well, you have to be able to recognize to who and how and when you pass out that information, which information you're gonna pass on to what student. I guess it's the same for salsa and whatever. Exactly and if same. you want that that spe- that special <coughs> attention in class, like like in every class in every sport or. Yeah. Activity, there's always those ones that suck your energy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm like, and you know that there's 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 interesting. Get a private thing. class. I said I said that to uh, one of my colleagues. I said I have clients that are with me for ten years. They ask nothing. Mm. They 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 barely ask questions in class. Yeah. Do you correct them? They look at you and they say thank you. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they're like that. Don't you they, love those ones? Listen, 10 years. <laughs> and you have like this transient guy that comes from, he did four schools before. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he did all the schools. He's mm. like, I call them the missionaries. Nah. He's like, I call them gypsies. Gypsies. So yeah, the same yeah. thing, we have the same <clears throat> issue. They come in and right away requests questions and stuff like that. Can I film you at the end of the class? Can I film you at the beginning? Can, I, can, I, can you send me this? Can you send me a list of that? And then they leave. Mm. And they, 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 Takers. I think it's a good way to put it. Takers. But for me, at the beginning, I'm trying to keep the same kind of professionalism, mm. but I always remind myself. I go, to what extent I'm going to flex for this guy? Mm. Uh, because I should be flexing for my most loyal customers. Yeah. Way more. Way more. And I always think, let's say if one of my clients would ask me something out of the box. He knows the system. He knows exactly how we work. He knows the rules. He knows... He knows the mandate of the school and he would ask me something outside that i would respect him so much that i would i would fold i would say okay he he he's has a particular need right now what what can i do to to help you out at yeah. that moment and i would i would bend my own rules but for those clients now for the guys that come in from outside and they think they're all that i i, I learned not to over the time like i learned to stick with the plan stick with the the mandate and the rules that are that we developed or the policies come from problems that we experienced exactly. with clients that's why we're writing them down and that's why we communicate that to our team we stick to this gun why because every time when we bend these rules something bad happened exactly bad interactions uh complaint uh, i had a, a guy i told him because listen and those were one of the gypsies i go he goes yeah she's pretty tough your director and I, the way I responded was on point. I said, she's not tough. She's fair. And that's what bothers you. Ah. And I walked away. Awesome. And I didn't, I didn't throw him off. I didn't. Can I, 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 can I take this down? Because I might, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't answer like that. So but, but I, I was write no, no, it down no, Luciano, sometimes I spend my, my, my life going back home thinking, yeah. shit, I should have said that. Oh, my God, that would yeah. have been great. But this just came out like a natural river of words directed to, towards a guy that needed it. Mm. You need it. You can't come into my school and say the best person that runs the show here that, that I have full faith over in front of her 
to me say these kind of things and me not to expect to say yeah yeah, yeah you're right she's t- she's no, tough exactly no she's not tough you find it tough because you're asking some not reasonable things mm. that we told you up front that we don't do that what exactly. do you, what are you asking what are you pushing us to do and this over time i learned every single time every time i bend my own rules it bites Bite me back. back so the amount yeah. of time i got bite bite but what's the past tense bite <laughs> bit bit thank you bit bit back so this you're asking me especially, no, please, please. you're the educated help, one help i just wear glasses help. to look educated oh you plugged it <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing uh, all right so yeah. Yeah, so um over over the years yeah, yeah. you said a couple of gems of a sentence what i don't know i don't know yes i don't know I have, them by heart i have i have just a couple oh right? my god so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna read you these sentences and you let me know what's behind it. Okay. Right? Every champion was once a contender who refused to give up. I said that? I don't know. Did I? No, you didn't say that. It's Rocky Balboa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. But, but you said once, Ilias, yeah, what's yeah, the yeah. secret to be handsome just like you? No, that's not, that's not true. It's the okay. curls, man. That's it's all thank about you, that. Thank I told you. you. Girl, there's curls <sighs> back. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So the real deal now. Okay? Yeah. In business, yeah. you want to be liked or you want to be feared. Yeah. What do you? What did you mean by that? I remember you repeat, you repeat that a couple of times. I, it was a question I asked you. I said to yourself, I said, in life, it's two things. People want to be liked or they want to be feared. Yeah. Hey, man, I, I learned that when in, in a movie mm. when I was a kid, you know? And uh, Bronx Tale. You watched it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant movie. Brilliant. Um, I I rather be feared in my business. I'll tell you why. Number one, to be um, loved and liked, it's a constant battle. You soon realize not everybody's gonna like you, and not everybody's gonna love you, and then you're setting yourself up for disappointments. Mm-hmm. How come this guy doesn't like me? I was super nice with him. No, no, no. Exactly. People come in. <coughs> They take, 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 yeah. and then they leave. And exactly. So if you're trying so hard to be nice, to be liked, and to be loved, you might get disappointed. The, the ambitious ones, they might try to run you over. Uh, they're going to try to see the, what happens when you, when you want to be liked and want to be loved. You become flexible, right? So you're going to bend exactly your own words. You're going to bend your own rules. Yeah. And rules... Are the most important things in life. I mean, society has rules, right? Yeah. Rules are what keep us together. Keep this, especially in a business, keeps the organization structured. Yeah. There's no rules. There's no parameters. Everyone and there's up. no faith. Oh my God! I'm citing so many movies here. Yeah, I'm here we go. Quoting so many movies. There's no there's no faith in the system mm-hmm. or in what you're trying to build. You understand? Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I I, I think people eventually are gonna try to run you over. Um, I, I, I'd rather be, feared is a big word, but I used it as a, an example, but, um, yeah, because feared, they're going to act like they like you, around you, but they're always worried about how you're going to react, understand? Mm-hmm. But around you, they're going to be, ha ha ha, they just put on a smile and do what you have to do and do what they have to do. Um, so that's a bit the, of your com- competitive blood. I think so. They'll yep. try to... They'll try to, they won't take, because they won't try to take, 
and they won't try to overstep you because they, they fear your reaction. But you're nice, so they can't hate you. Understand? Hating and fearing is two different things. They yeah. don't hate you because you're nice. I could I could probably say it's like that at the gym. I got a dojo with me. They don't hate me because I always try to, you know, make people <coughs> laugh or I'm nice, I'm generous. I think somebody could say that about me at the dojo. I'm generous. Yeah. Um, anybody who's been there for a while could say that, you know. So they can't hate me. You can't hate me. But you kind of, you fear me. So if I have to pick and choose in between in business, which one I want to be, I'd rather be feared because people are going to, they don't want to step those boundaries. If yeah. they love you, they like you, they step those boundaries, they test themselves, they try, and then you deal with stress. Mm. I'm a very stressed person mm. and I hate stress and it keeps coming to me like mm. a magnet. So I learned that for me to be trying to, I don't want to, I don't try to be feared. I just, I put on a natural reaction. <coughs> and yeah, I think in business, I think about all the jobs that I had, the ones that um, you had no choice to perform or the ones that you're, you're fearing the boss and the boss is here. Or, you know, so, mm. so you liked him because you had good conversations with him and this and that, but you kind of feared them. So you want, you, you give them, but not too much. Yeah. You give them too much, they don't need you. You understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's what I meant by that. You know, it's not... But it's important to understand fear and hate is two different things, you know? I understand. <laughs> does that make sense? It, it does. Yeah. Um, second <laughs> Here we go. wisdom of Luciano Ucci. Your level of tolerance will dictate how people treat you. Please expand. Well, it comes back down to the, almost the same thing I just said, right? Somebody's abusing you. Abusing of your time, of your knowledge, of your generosity. The way you react, the way you tolerate that will dictate the way they treat you. If you, somebody's taking advantage of you and you set it down straight like a, of, my, of my generosity. And, you, and, and if I tolerate the fact that I see that he's taking advantage and I let it go because I, I pick and choose my battles and I don't. I don't think it's necessary to battle this issue. Well, he's going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So uh, your, level, your level of tolerance will dictate how somebody's going to treat you. So if my tolerance, I have no tolerance for whining, you know, well, they're not going to whine in front of me. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to whine. If my level of tolerance is, um, you know, um, if, if, if somebody is, um, I mean, is always asking for more, always wants more, 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 more. Uh, and I always give in, give in, give in. <coughs> they're, they're always going to keep asking for more. Understand? Yeah. So if I want to be treated good, my tolerance level has to go accordingly. The way I want to be treated is the way I'm going to tolerate certain situations. Make sense? Makes sense. Yeah. I, I have uh, something that I, would, uh, I, I read somewhere. It's, yeah. it's if you act like a carpet, people are going to wipe their feet on you. You see that? I love that one. I like that one. I remember that one from a long, long time ago. When, when uh, I, I, I was referring to your sentence, I think mm. that they're kind of the same. So act like a rock, then I trip all over you. <laughs> all right. So now, <clears throat> to keep things light, I know you're like a movie buff. And Depends. it's no secret that Sylvester Stallone is one of your idols. It's no secret. So Rambo and Rocky, right? So um, More Rocky, more Rocky. Rocky, okay. Yeah. So let's play a game. Okay, so it's going to be like you're going to be on a game show. Cue music. 
I need to win this one. Dun, 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 dun. And please welcome to the front stage, uh, Luciano Ucci. There so you go. now, here's the here's the game. Okay, um, I read you a sentence, oh, no, a quote, me on that one a quote. Well, well, it's it's different. It's different. Okay, okay, okay. okay, it's different. So I read you a quote, and you tell me if it's Rambo or Rocky. That uh, said it. Okay, hold on. Okay. The only reason I might get it yeah. is because I've watched Rocky, all of them, man, yeah. countless times. Yeah. So if I don't remember it from Rocky, I'll say it's Rambo. <laughs> Perfect. Because Rambo, I wasn't... Are I was you ready? A, yeah, go. Are you ready? Here we go. First one. Life's not about how hard... Rocky. <laughs> Could you please let Rocky me... Rocky Balboa, the sixth one, after <laughs> Rocky Five in 2006. Keep going, please. Right. Challenge me, my friend. <laughs> to beat me, he's going to have to kill Rocky me. Rocky Fourth. <laughs> <laughs> in the stairs at his house when Andrew was freaking out that he took the fight against the, uh, the Russian okay uh, listen that was too you easy. want to challenge me or that was okay. okay to survive a war you gotta be a war okay, here we go if you can change if I can change Rocky for the end in the <laughs> ring come on man let me finish the sentence <laughs> okay sorry okay, okay I'll, be, I'll be nice just for everybody yeah, to okay, hear okay. the sentence I, I worked hard at this okay so say the sentence okay, okay so <laughs> Say it again. Okay. Let's rewind. Okay, go for it. If I can change mm-hmm. and you can change, yeah. everybody can change. Live for nothing or die for something. Bramble. Okay, so part two. Yeah. A little more tricky. Okay. Al Pacino or Robert De Niro? I'll take Al Pacino. No, but I mean... Okay, I thought it was... No, 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 it's it's a choice. Like, you have to decide if it's Al Pacino who said it or Robert De Niro. Okay. And and let me finish the sentence. Yeah, okay, okay. okay, Hey, Minky. Okay, Okay, so... All I have in the world is my balls and my word, and I don't break M for For nobody. nobody. Scarface, Al Pacino. You can play along, guys, uh, if you're listening. Okay, we're going to give a, a little bit of time before he answers because he's going to answer everything really quickly. Uh, never hate your enemies if it affects your judgment. Never hate your yeah. enemies it affects your judgment. That's, uh, listen, I could say, I know, I know which movie. I'd say Pacino, but the, the Nero in, his, um, in The Godfather Part 2. If I'm uh, not so mistaken. So you're saying Pacino? Ding, 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 ding. I'll go with Pacino in, in the uh, Godfather, yeah. 100%. Yeah, because yeah, was, I was debating in part two when it was a flashbacks in Sicily. Okay, yeah. never rat on your friends and always keep your mouth shut. Is this a serious question? <laughs> the new Goodfellas. I always tell the truth even when I lie. I always tell the truth even when I lie. Scarface Pacino. You'll have time to rest when you're dead. Easy one. That's uh, De Niro. Man, you got them all. Yeah. Last time yeah. You, you you failed I know. on two, three. I think I know, you I went know. back home and yeah. you did some homework. Yeah, I was freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's it? That's it. That oh, was a man. game show. So like, uh, uh, we just started. Okay, so now uh, we're going to finish this off with some rapid yeah. fire questions. Okay. Okay, rapid fire questions. You Means answer what? a short answer, right? Man. Ready? I suck at those. Yeah, come on. Just okay. whatever comes in your head. Okay. There's no good or bad answers, right? Right now? Ready? I'm starving, so it might be something with no food. No problem. What excites you? Food. <laughs> what is your favorite curse word? 
Porco cane. That's Italian. What other profession would you like to attempt? Um, Management. Manager. Sports manager. Sports manager. Yeah. What are you not very good at? Um, uh, I'd say uh, writing. Yeah, yeah. What's your role model and why? What's my role model? Who's my role model? Who's moral? Who? Sorry, yeah. Who's your role model and why? Um, I'd say. Listen, I mean, today, my wife. Back then, I'd say a movie star or whatnot. Like uh, my wife, she has an old soul. Um, her way of assessing information, emotion, dealing with emotions, um, her. The way she's sensitive and and, and firm, um, I have so much to learn from my wife. Uh, does it have to do? With, we're a few years apart. We have six years apart. Could it be that? It could be. Um, her level of maturity, her the way she's funny. There's so much. She's my role model. I, I, if I could um, reinvent who I was as a person, uh, I would love to be a person like my, my like my wife. But also a person like uh, um, Michael Corleone, Thomas Shelby. The way of uh, uh, Thomas Shelby in Peaky Blinders, you know, and Al Pacino in um, Godfather. Just of the way of the their level of tolerance would dictate the way people would treat them. Aye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my wife definitely, nowadays, I see more and more every day. Uh, my wife is solid, you know. And, awesome. Yeah. You scored some major yeah, points. I'm not going to listen to this podcast. Okay. Forget it. <laughs> when, <laughs> when have you been the most satisfied in your life? Um, definitely when um, I had my son. I mean, every parent could probably say that, mm. you know. Um, but that's a that's an easy answer, right? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's it's yeah, an answer. What's your superpower? I know people within a few exchange of conversation. I could tell. What type of person you are, you know? Awesome. Yeah. What's something people seem to completely misunderstand about you? That I have good intentions. If you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Dead or alive. Um. Yeah, that's a that's not a fast question, you know. Let's uh, just okay three of them. Okay, throw three you, of them. You don't um, have to say why. Stallone, uh, yeah, Stallone, J Lo. It's not very easy to know why, and uh, and um, my grandfather, one of my grandfathers. Yeah. What? Why your grandfather? Um, I, I mean, he passed away when I was um, nineteen, nineteen-ish, no, twenty-ish, mm-hmm. and. Um, from my, I spent a lot of time with him as a kid, um, as a teenager, not as much, and then forget it. Time, you know, I would see him once in a while. Today, because he was in World War Two, and he had a lot of a lot of knowledge and um, a lot of life experience, and I, I don't seem to remember all of it from when mm. I was a kid. And today, I would just like to, you know, go through his brain a bit and 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 laugh and. He was liked by everybody. So everybody liked my grandfather, except for his own family. He was rough. But everybody else loved and loved my grandfather. And um, 
Yeah, I would. I would just like to, to get to know him more as an adult. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you pick for last meal? Last meal. Hmm. You know what? Just be before going on the electric chair. Just before the electric yeah, chair. What would you take? What you take? Um, hey, an apple. Adam and Eve. Go back to the beginning. Hey, here you go. There you go. If you can turn back time, this last one, if you can turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell him? Don't be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be stupid. So we, we'll end on these uh, <laughs> words of wisdom from Luciano Uchi. Um, um, I want to thank you for doing this. Hey, my pleasure. I... I don't know if it's luck or whatever, but from, from the, our first handshake to yeah. this time, mm -hmm. I want to thank you for all the good you brought in my own life. You know, um, you know, those been four or five years of going into your gym. You know, we talked about all sometimes those things and sometimes mm. that happen, but I guess in 99% of the time, if it's not 99.9, it's, it's been so good. You've been so good to me. And I want to thank you from the bottom hey, of my heart. My pleasure. I Thanks, really eh? appreciate it. Appreciate you took the time. And uh, to discuss all these things with Thank me. Thank you. I'm touched. You know, uh, Here we go. There we go. <laughs> Thank you, bro. <laughs> Thanks. All right, guys. All right. So see you in the next podcast. Take care.